Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick. Okay, I have some updates for you because Kirby and I were at Austin City Limits last week. Update I am old. Uh, I don't know when that happened, but I am. We went on, so, okay, so we went to Austin City Limits seven years ago for my 30th birthday, and we had just gone for one night to go see Mumford, and it was good. Like, I don't remember like thinking too much about like, it was great. Mumford was great. So this time we knew, I knew Mumford was going to be there. I'm like, we are going to Austin city limits. We get the three day pass. Cause like Kendrick Lamar and Shania and Foo Fighters and like all these great people are going to be there. And so we go and night one, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's too many people. Like as we're driving there, the Uber person is like, yeah, apparently 70,000 people go to this a day a day. Wow. That's a lot. You know what it's like? Have you ever been at Disney and like right at the time of opening and like everybody's just getting crammed down that tiny main street, except this time, imagine there's five times as many people, if not 10 times, and you are completely the inappropriate age to be there. Like at Disney, at least people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. No, there were old people there. There were. Uh, we went and sat by, like we went and found where like people sitting. We're like, these are our people, the 30 to 60 year olds. These are our people. So I don't know. We modified our expectations. This is something I'm learning of like my expectations were just not ready for that. And so we we pivoted, we made some changes. We adapted. It was great. I got to meet up with one of my guests, Megan MacArthur. I don't remember what episode she was on, but I posted it on Instagram. Um, Wealth with Meg. I got to meet her for coffee. That was awesome. Talk about a chick doing really cool shit. Uh, She just graduated from chiropractic school like, I don't know, a year ago, maybe two. Maybe two, because she was a chiropractor for a little bit. And then anyways, so she's doing some really cool stuff, helping chiropractors just with their social media and she's got all these side hustles. She's definitely an Enneagram three. So I don't know, maybe we'll do something in 2024 together. And let's see. Oh, I'm really excited to go to therapy because there was this thing that happened at Austin city limits. And I want to know your opinion on what you would do. Now you can only give me your opinion if you can relate to this though. 
So I didn't realize when we bought tickets that they put bands. So they have like two main stages on the separate sides and they'll have like two great bands happening at the same time. For instance, Shania Twain was at the exact same time as Foo Fighters. And so we saw this like a week or so beforehand and we're like, oh, we're going to have to decide. And Kirby's like, is there really a decision? I mean, Foo Fighters. And I'm like, yeah, sure, 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 sure. You really like Foo Fighters? And I had heard from people previously who had gone to a concert of hers like, Shania was bad. And I was like, okay, well, I've heard Shania's bad. And like, I didn't realize how much I actually liked Shania. Wait for the story. So I'm like, yeah, this is fine. We can do old Foo Fighters. We're there for Mumford. That's my band. You're excited for Foo. So we're at the concert and we're like way in the back, like where you can like talk and stuff. And and we're listening. Foo Fighters are like rock. Did you guys know this? That they're like a rock band. I have, if, if I asked, I don't want to say her name out loud because I might have one of them in this recording room. But if you ask someone like, hey, so-and-so play Foo Fighters, you'll probably recognize the first four or five songs. Well, they just came out like real rock. And like, I was like, whoa, okay, cool, cool. And so then it's a two hour concert. And so I don't know, like 45 minutes in, an hour in, I don't know. I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. Kirby's like, yeah, well, let's go. So we gotta, you have to like walk a mile to get everywhere. So we walk to the bathrooms and the bathrooms are kind of in between the stages. So now for the first time, I can hear Shania on the opposite stage because I wasn't able to hear her before, even though she's playing at the same time, right? Because that would be a really dumb way to set up a festival. Like, so I... I come out and I was like, oh, I know this song. And Kirby's like, do you want to like walk over for a song or two? I'm like, is that okay? And he's like, yeah. So I'm getting to my point here. This is really important stuff, people. All right. If you're going to be my therapist, you need to just listen to my long-winded stories. So the song I liked as we're walking towards her stage ends and the next song comes on and I don't remember what it was, but I knew I freaking loved it. And I was like, Kirby, we got to run. This is a great song. So we start running. I start running. I'm assuming he's running behind me to get closer. So I can, I mean, we're still a quarter of a mile back, but like, definitely you're now in the giant mosh pit of 30,000 people, not in the mosh pit, but like in the back and, and I'm listening and I'm singing and I'm loving this song. And then the next song comes on and it was, um, from this moment, it's like a sad, sappy song, but then all of a sudden, and by the way, she was bad. I mean, I don't want to say her singing was bad, but you're like watching her on stage move her body and you're like, oh, but she is 58. So I mean, like, I don't know what I expect, but like eh. singing was fine. So anyway, so she's like dancing with this guy and we're like, what is happening? But I still know every single word to the song, which I didn't realize, like core memory unlocked Shania Twain's CD was one of like the five CDs that I had in my five CD disc changer. Britney Spears was also. Uh, Beach Boys, like Top Hits or whatever it's called, was also another one that was really weird. I really, um, We don't need to go over the rest of them. But yeah. And so I'm like, oh my God, I love Shania. I didn't know how much I love Shania until this moment. And so I'm like, okay, Curve, let's go back to Foo Fighters. And he's like, no, you're having a great time. And I'm like, no, you're really excited about Foo Fighters. And he's like, yeah, but you're more excited about Shania. And here's my point. Thank you for listening. How do we rectify that? 
because my range of emotions are a negative two to an 11. So when I'm in a bad mood and I don't get my way and I'm really mad about it, I will make everyone's life hell. A negative two will impact. And then when I'm having a great time, everyone's going to have a great time. Like, this is fantastic. Now, Kirby's range of emotion. So, okay, so at a Shania concert, I didn't even know much about Shania or like didn't care much, I should say. And then as soon as I hear it, I'm like a nine out of 10. Like, just like, oh my God, I love Shania. I forgot how much I love Shania. Oh, I love this song. Oh, I love this song. I'm like meeting friends. We're singing together. Um, and then at a Foo Fighters concert, like Kirby's range of emotions, emotions are like a four to a seven. And he actually prides himself on this, that like, I forget the fancy word for like not having super highs and super lows, but like he has, the, he likes this narrow window that, you know, his emotions don't affect other people. And so us standing in a Foo Fighters concert, like I'm just kind of like a three and he's like having the best of his emotion, but it's like a six. And so we can't make decisions about who wants it more. Right. So like down to something small. Uh, so, okay. So just to finish that, what we did is we, we were like, listen, we, I said, you 100% would rather go Foo Fighters. He's like, yes. And I go, I 100% would rather go Shania Twain. So we are 50, 50. So we're going to flip a coin. And he's like, yeah, that sounds great. I think he was hoping that Shania was going to win. So we flip a coin and Foo Fighters wins. And I'm like, okay, this is our decision. We're not going to waste any more time because we spent like 10 minutes during the concert, like being like, no, your concert, no, your concert. no. And so we're like, okay, Foo Fighter wins. We're going back to that concert. We are standing there less than like four minutes. And he's like, let's just go to Shania. You're not having, and I was like, absolutely not. No, like this is okay. But yeah, I don't know, you know, like, I guess just a coin flip, but you can't do that with everything. Cause there's some things that he's like, well, I kind of care, but not as much as you. And the fact is like, he'll, I don't want to say never care as much as I will, but I'm always going to want it more. I'm always going to not want something more. I'm always going to have these bigger emotions. So I'm excited to talk to my therapist this afternoon about it. Um, since you guys suck at giving feedback, like, hello, listening. No, any advice? You suck. Um, this is all right. I'm gonna look for another guest to have on the podcast. <laughs> this is what I joke is I just have people on the podcast um that I can talk to them and therapize with. Okay, what else is so anyway, I'll I'll get, let you know what she says. Um, I had a listener highlight, but I couldn't find it because you guys continue to say really, really sweet things in my DMs and not on in reviews, but I get it. A lot of you are listening to Spotify and why doesn't Spotify let you leave reviews? Like what, what's the deal? Hashtag F you Spotify. So I don't know where it went, but somebody said really nice things to me. Something about the podcast, changing their life, got them out of a bad associate job and into a new one. So we're happy for her. Aren't we all happy for her? And thank you for sending me the message because it makes me feel good. I do. I should probably systematize that better. Like maybe what I could do is screenshot it and then what am I going to do with that? I'm going to lose that screenshot too. I tried going back to find a DM that I had gotten in September and it was like, there's no way in hell. I love you guys and all your DMs. So this just can't go back much further than a week. Um, and it is further, not farther. So I don't have a listener highlight. I had one that I just can't share with you. So I guess we're on to 
to the to the guest today. So I'm really excited about the desk, the desk, <laughs> the guest. I don't know if I call her doctor because she's a fun functional diagnostic nutrition and holistic health practitioner. I don't know. I don't see doctor in front of her name. So I apologize if Tiffany Kegwin is a doctor, but it doesn't say that. So like I said, she is, so she's a former corporate head of people who became a functional diagnostic nutrition and holistic health practitioner to support busy professionals as they heal the excess stress, fatigue, and pain that comes from a demanding work life. <laughs> so like, clearly I didn't need her at all because I'm perfect and great. Uh, while navigating her own health journey, Tiffany realized that many traditional and holistic practitioners were simply using different band-aids to cover the symptoms of root problems. Now as a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, board certified holistic health practitioner and yoga teacher, Tiffany helps her clients make lifestyle mindset and nutritional challenges that heal the brain fog, anxiety, and inflammation that keeps them from taking on new challenges. Okay. So reading that I have two things. One, I'm really glad that we're doing a topic about this because as I said, like, oh, I only bring on people that like relates to what I'm going through in life. She was this perfectly timed guest that floated into my inbox because we talk about light therapy. And if you're following me on Instagram, you may have seen some weird photos of me with like red, blue light glasses. And I'm just, I'm trying to work on hormones, doing some like things at home based. Yeah. So this was awesome because we're talking about hormones today. The second story, hopefully you're still listening because this is really funny and this is the tea. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you which episode it is coming up, but there's an episode in your future somewhere where those of you who know me, you will hear that my guest gets like mad at me right in the beginning. And it's just, it gets awkward for a moment to the point where when I got off, I told Kirby, he's like, how would that, how'd that episode go? And I was like, it was good. She was a little interesting um, because I made a joke about uh how i don't know something along the lines of oh yeah you can't go to a hospital for autoimmune diseases like i don't know what they're doing over there but it's not autoimmune disease and i got like the most like finger wagging i refuse like she's not she's not a doctor like i don't know why i don't know if like her brother is a doctor or something that she just got super offended so anyway so like it's just this really awkward moment I know that Kirby and our editor are going to keep it in because it's not, and now you want to hear it, don't you? But I struggled to recover for like the next 15 minutes because I was just so like, oh my gosh, like you made that so weird. You got so mad at me for making fun of hospital systems. Like, come on. I would be at cocktails with like medical doctors and dermatologists and gastroenterologists this, and be like, okay, gastro and, and like dermatologists, have y'all figured out that like how to heal a gut without Prevacid or, or steroids yet? Like, do you guys realize how much her skin issues that she sees are related to your gut issues? Like, do you guys know that? Oh no, you don't. Cause I don't know what they teach you in med school. I would say that to them and they would go, ha 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 they think I'm funny. Um, but my guest did not. So anyways, this wasn't Tiffany. Like I said, there's an episode in your future that you, if you are a really good she slayer, you will be listening to this story and then you'll hear that later and go, ha, that's what she was talking about. So let's pray. 
Dear God, thank you so much for the healing capacity of the sun. That's what we are talking about a little bit today in a bunch, a bunch of different other things. Um, thanks for people like Tiffany and other healthcare practitioners who are doing this work right now because shit's getting crazy out there. Absolutely crazy. Like we just keep turning more and more away from the earth and like the things that you gave us to heal. Like today we are reminded about the electron transport chain and electrons. And like, I'm taken back to learning about the cell and making the mitochondria and all of that. And like, nobody tells you as an adult, like, no, 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 no. That's, that's important. That's how your body gets fuel. That's how your body functions is through life and things like grounding and, and food from this earth and sun and wind and cold air and shit like that. So just help, help us continue to return to the elements that you have created so much for us as humans to thrive. Um, help us to get outside, help us to be better humans and love each other more and more every day. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Here is my conversation with Tiffany Cagwin. Enjoy. Tiffany, what is your background? Well, I have been through a lot of different jobs. <laughs> I started as a teacher, went into business, corporate America. Um, but the middle part, I would say the longest part of my career was owning a couple yoga studios in Syracuse. So I started a yoga studio. Were you a yogi or you're like, this is a great business adventure? No, no, no. I was totally a yogi. Okay. And I was- Because it just sounded like something I would do of like opportunity. <laughs> I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even touch my toes, nor do I like doing <laughs> yoga, but opportunity. Whatever. Yeah. It was a good opportunity because Syracuse had no yoga, but I was living in Boston at the time. Yoga was huge in my life. And then I had to move back to Syracuse and there was no yoga. And I panicked because I was like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to practice? And somebody was like, well, then create it, like build it. And I was like, oh, I don't know. It's just kind of my personal healing practice. I just want to show up somewhere. And they were like, so you took a hobby and turned it into a business. Yeah, yeah, I did. I've done that thing for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I had those, those kept growing. I had multiple locations, a large staff, the whole thing, almost 10 years, and then sold it, closed on the sale at the end of 2019, November, 2019. It was a great mm -hmm. timing. Yeah. A lot of people have asked me where my crystal ball is. They're like, yeah. where, where are you keeping that? I'm like, yeah. Um, then I just went back into corporate life for a while. I worked for remote tech companies and at the time was then working on my executive MBA and my functional medicine degree. Okay. Yeah. So now you're so, in functional medicine. Yeah. So that functional was always like medicine and corporate tech. Those Interesting. <laughs> don't, they don't go. They don't seem to fit. <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, the thread of my life really has always been wellness. Like I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when I was 17. It sent me on a journey of health, eventually coming across more alternative holistic healing over years and years of like experimenting. And because when I was 17, there was no internet, there were no cell phones, there wasn't an abundance of information to Google. So I was just like experimenting and trying things. This is where yoga came in the picture though, and became so profound for my healing. But that's always been the thread of just like wellness, wanting to help people. 
the corporate tech job was a very intentional choice after really being very burned out from the yoga studio, from that huge operation, seven days a week, no end, no break, taking care of everybody else, not taking care of myself. And I just was like, I'm done. I want a nine to five. That's it. I want to end it. Sometimes I daydream about yeah. like just going and being <laughs> like a beer cart girl. That's one right. of the ones that I think about. Like, I don't have any like problems in the world except tip money and like uh, running a plant store. I just want to like walk around and water plants all day. I had that one too. I was like, what do I like gardening store? I want to be outside. I just want my hands in the dirt. Like, but then I'm always like, and I want a coffee shop in the plant store, but I don't want to run the coffee shop because I don't right. want to deal with that. But yeah. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 So it was just like, I'm, I'm done. I want to hide. I want to be done at five o'clock. I'm going to do a good job. It was just something I was easily good at. You know, I was working as like a head of people and helping build culture and these things that like just were very intuitive to me, leadership, helping leadership. But my pat, I was healing. I was healing from a big flare of Crohn's that happened in 2019 after 10 years of remission. And 10 years of remission. Yeah. Yeah. And it was remission. It was not clinically gone. It was remission, but it was very quiet. I was off of meds, but then it flared up again really suddenly. Looking back, not so suddenly. There were lots of signs, but the train was totally going to come off the tracks. And I think the interesting piece is the day that it derailed was the day I accepted the offer on the yoga studio sale. Uh huh. I was on a plane on the way to Costa Rica to lead a yoga retreat and it like came back full force. And I was like, should have immediately been in the hospital, very sick, had to turn around and go home and go in the hospital. My ex had to stay and lead the retreat because we had like 40 people. It was a thing. But I think my body that day was like, oh, good. You have listened. You are releasing this. And now so it's time business, to heal. Now you will rest. Yes. And so that turned me on to looking at a more functional medicine, holistic approach. And I healed at that point. Then I had five autoimmune diagnosis, which is what happened. It's cascade. But I healed them all, healed and reversed them, like different than remission, clinically gone. Mm, got it. The doctors were like clinically gone, no evidence you no longer have any autoimmune. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) it's gone. So I just wanted to study actually for myself to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And so I started that. So to your question about being in corporate America, studying functional medicine, it was like my own inner journey to understand more. Yeah. Because you can't just go to a hospital and get um, good advice. (laughs) Nope. Nope. You sure I was can't. trying to figure out how am I going to end that <laughs> sentence? And I'm just going to end it with good advice. Oh, good so advice. you were like, I will. <laughs> so then how did you kind of carve out this more specific niche of working with women in with like chronic fatigue that not just women with chronic fatigue, but like women with chronic fatigue that work at like a high level of executive function, I should say. Yeah. That came from those years in being back in the corporate world. And I was at an executive level on the leadership team. And because my role was head of people, seeing what was happening, seeing the burnout, and particularly with women at the company. And I just had such a heart for it. And I was like, they don't even know that they don't have to feel this way. They're running so fast, so hard, trying to be everything for everybody. And I've been that person. I've been there. I've done this. 
I want to help. I want to help them. Like, cause I want women want to like women should run the world, <laughs> but the men were not experiencing the same burnout that you were seeing. Um, I can't say that universally. That certainly was happening, especially during COVID. You know, I mean, I started back in the corporate world in February, 2020, and everybody was experiencing burnout, I would say at that time. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, I can't say that it was exclusively women and that it was men were immune to it. Um, But I saw that what I did see is with a lot of my male colleagues, um, they had a lot more, how do I sense, like space, permission, courage to just make some changes, make space, take what they needed. Like, like can you give some examples of like what that would lo- have looked like? Yeah, like taking um extended leave and not being concerned that their job wasn't going to be there when they got back. It just like wasn't even a question to them. Like obviously my job's going to be here. Whereas like the women were like if I take leave someone's going to swoop in and take this job. It's not going to be available. They're going to think that I'm not strong enough. They're going to question my ability to do my job if I'm not resilient, you know? And so I watched during the pandemic, especially there was also an imbalance with childcare responsibility Mm -hmm. from my experience, from what I was seeing, the women that I worked with were constantly trying to juggle the childcare. And so I would see, so another example would be, I would see the men go take space and leave and go to rent a co-working space or get out of the house. And a lot of the female leaders didn't have that. And they were trying to juggle homework. And then they had systems of like, you know, colors on doors, like to tell their children, like red stop in a meeting, but then inevitably the children. That's a really good idea. (laughs) I currently have a piece of paper taped to my door that says, recording. And I think in the last month I've had a kid walk in twice being like, Hey mom, do you know where batteries are? And I'm like, dude, recording. And she's like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And I was dealing with that because, you know, so I'm working at home. My son is home. He was a teenager high school. He didn't do very well sitting in his room in virtual school. We quickly learned that. That basically gave him permission to just watch YouTube all day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a choice except for to make him come out and sit with me. And then it was like a hundred times a day. Oh, hey, mom. Hey, mom. Whatever. Like, mm-hmm. mom. And it was so cool stuff. He wanted to share or ask me a question. But I would be like, the amount of times I said, Caden, working. Working. Caden, mom. Working. Is like, I'm at work. This is work. This is my office. Please pretend like I am not here. <laughs> And that doesn't, I, that doesn't change when I've taken my kids out of the house too. So like I've never, a lot, some chiropractors bring their kids to work. I was never that chiropractor. I just didn't, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to. That's all, that's all it is. I knew um, that I would struggle being present and some chiropractors wouldn't have that problem. So occasionally, you know, like a kid's getting dropped off at my clinic for whatever reason. So it's not, and I will be adjusting and we have open adjusting, meaning there's like, it's just open, like a physical therapy office almost. Okay. Like okay. Got it. Yeah. So I'm like adjusting and like one of my kids will walk up to me while I'm adjusting a patient and be like, what's the Wi-Fi password here? And I'm like, honey, I'm adjusting a patient. And they're like, oh, sorry. Okay. We, when you're done, will you tell? And I'm like, <laughs> so it just keeps going. Even if you could rent a space, if your kids are there, they're mm-hmm. there. Yeah, okay. yeah. So what do you think some of the like 
reasons that we're seeing, like, is the energy, I feel tired. And so I am 36, going to be 37. I have like started to make some very hormone-based life changes, uh, completely doctoring myself with no lab work, just uh, finding people on TikTok and whatever, and just being like, I have those symptoms. So great, <laughs> great. But um, I look back to my 20s and I started a clinic. I had babies. I mean, and I just look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I did it back then is like being in like aging, what's contributing to it? Or as a society, are we seeing more fatigue? Like what is your, what's your thoughts on our society in general? Why we're seeing so much chronic fatigue? Yeah. I, I don't believe it's aging. I will tell you the thing, of course we're aging like that's going to have some changes. I don't think it's supposed to be, I know it's not supposed to be as dramatic as it is. Like I'm 45. I feel better now. I have better energy than I actually did in my twenties, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. So that myth, that myth of just, you're just aging. And that's what mm -hmm. happens. Women go to the doctor. I mean, you know, honestly, even if you went and did lab work, the chances Probably of you your thyroid. getting, here's some, yeah, here's some synthroid, here's some synthroid or, or they just go like, nah, you're fine. And it's like a total gaslighting. And they're like, yeah, but I'm not fine. I'm not, I don't feel well, but you're fine. Your labs are normal. Well, normal compared to what? The general population who is also not healthy. That's not a good measure. You, you know, these lab, these typical lab ranges are looking at literally the entire population who does these tests. So like, what is normal? Normal is before I'm completely crashed and, and now I'm on meds. And basically what they're saying is come back when there's a problem and we'll put you on meds. So the reason that I think we're seeing an increase is um, I'll talk about two things. One, just using your example of like why you were able to do all that stuff in your twenties and you're feeling the difference now. I think many of us who have this personality, something like you do, we're just like, I can do everything. I can build a business. I can, you know, I can do it all. At that time, your cortisol is kicking hard. Because, you know, we're there's a cycle of things. There's the sympathetic fight and flight when there is a stressor. And stressor is not a bad thing. Stress is supposed to be a good thing. It propels us forward. It gets us through those times in life where we are having children, trying to work, building a family, all those things. Like, it's not bad to have those stressors. But what needs to happen is you should have the stressor and then the come down the parasympathetic should pull that down. Your hormones should rebalance until the next one happens. The problem is that because of modern life, which has just accelerated and increased and there's no breaks, there's no breaks from anything. We are really expected to do everything all the time. Work doesn't shut off. Like there's no boundaries. We just do all the things that cortisol is always kicking. Your adrenals are always pumping, 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 and you can feel amazing during that time on top of the world that could last for 10 years, 20 years, because it's an anti-inflammatory cortisol is it's a pain it is? killer. Yeah. But yeah. I thought that's why I have a trouble belly fat is <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, commercials back when we used to watch them from the yeah, early two yeah. thousands, they stuck in there. Yeah. Those, they were very effective <laughs> and I'm sure there was a drug to fix it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's a painkiller. It's an anti-inflammatory. It will keep you rolling. And you will feel oh. high on life. But when you're riding that high it's and you're like never cocaine. coming off, a, yes, that's it's a drug. 
and it's adrenaline. And then over time, when that is constantly pumping with no break, the levels start to come down and your body can't keep up. It just can't, it can't what keep comes cranking. down, cortisol, cortisol, all of the hormones, DHEA, because everything is feeding into each other, you know? So there's sort of a cascade of like the master hormones, pregnenolone and DHEA. Those are trying to, so DHEA is the counter hormone to cortisol. Okay. So what happens over time is cortisol is pumping and then DHEA comes in and says like, okay, now I'm supposed to counter this and pull it down and it will, but then you keep pumping and then more DHEA has to balance that you know, and you can see it becomes this vicious cycle. And at some point your adrenals can't keep up. And then you start to experience adrenal fatigue and things just start to slowly decline. The things that you used to do that filled you up, that gave you energy. They're not working anymore. You're starting to self-medicate at this point with more caffeine, comfort foods, whatever you got to do to get through the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so your levels now are just kind of bottoming out. So that's part of it. Yeah. Is that um, people are experiencing actual adrenal fatigue and their hormones have just tanked because it was just Is adrenal long. fatigue a diagnosis that like we've really accepted? At, I mean, not accepted that like the medical community sees because it, back to kind of the like, well, your labs are fine. Like what they're waiting. Like, I feel like that's where adrenal fatigue is. And they're yes. like, well. You're not at rock bottom yet. Yes. So yes. Maybe like five more years. Have yeah. have a couple more kids. Start a side hustle. Run a marathon. Yeah. Then I bet you. <laughs> totally. You just hit the nail on the head because that's the point when things can get turned around. There's this graph that I use to show my clients of the cycle of like the peaks and the valley. And when you start to come over, you know, and you're moving towards adrenal fatigue. And then after that, it's like skull and crossbones. Like it's bad news, like if it continues, but yes, they're looking at conventional ranges. They don't have any solutions to fix it. It just is what it is. It's aging when whatever, you're not at a point where you need medication yet. There's nothing I can do to help you. And exactly what they're saying is come back when this has crashed and then we'll give you medication. And then we'll just like synthetically boost you back up without ever fixing any root of the issue, your lifestyle, your food, your gut, all these things that contribute so, so that's one of the big things. I will tell you the other thing that this is a more recent understanding of mine over the last two years is the massive impact of our disconnect from nature and the very unnatural way that we're living because we think we're modern humans. <laughs> we can live indoors all the time. You don't, I mean, I look at my own house and it's like, I literally don't have to leave. I have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber and an infrared sauna and red lights and exercise equipment and whatever. I don't have to leave the house. And so a lot of times I didn't because I was like, I have all the things to keep myself well in here. And I didn't understand that I needed input energy from nature to fill my battery back up. And that modern life is depleting it constantly. Blue light, EMFs, being indoors. These things are literally dehydrating us, draining our batteries. We're on technology all the time. And so it's about, it's a very off balance of not getting the right inputs to fill the battery back up. And the only ways that you can get those energy inputs are from, oh, this goes back to like middle school, electrons. You know, your mitochondria, which we all know about, are like the powerhouses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually do so much more than that. They literally run every function in your body, every function, repair and rest, and they tell everything what to do. They're not human. They have their own DNA. They're their own organelles. They take their cues from nature. 
They get their information from the sun, from the, you know, the magnetic fields, from, you know, grounding, touching the earth, getting that. Those are the only ways, the only ways to get electrons at all as humans are sun, water, drinking it or being in it or viewing it, being in it. In the you, yeah, you can be near it. So like if you're walking by the ocean, you would be getting an electron, you would get an electron charge from that. So it okay. depends. Natural I'm bodies glad of you're, water. This, you're already answering that. What I was going to ask is because I feel like so often we go like, you got to be out in nature and it's like, what's the scientific, like, what does the nature do? So, okay. So it's like giving our body electrons, which communicate with the mitochondria. That, yeah, the mitochondria yeah. have to use the electrons to run their entire chain. So they okay, use so electrons. It's, yeah. It's called the electron tran- transport chain. I've heard that and before. Yeah. Like we know these things, but nobody ETC teaches is us. what yeah, I, ETC, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, where the hell did I learn that? (laughs) Probably eighth grade. And then you're like, I don't need this. I do not. I think I remember like a little squid. Oh, man. Okay. Uh Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to go find some memes after this. (laughs) Yeah. It's so incredible. And so this, like, this was just when I understood this, it makes all the sense in the world. We're mammals. We can't mm-hmm. escape that. We live modern lives, but we are mammals. We, that is our biology. We haven't evolved past that. Maybe in a couple hundred more years, our bodies will adapt and like realize there's some other way. But for now, this is how we operate. So you get the electrons. You would actually get it even from the shower, just water running over you. Grounding doesn't have to be super complicated, like feet on the earth, even concrete. You'll get an electrical charge, but put your feet in the grass, touch a tree, you know, be outside as much as you can. You get the charge. It doesn't have to be for long periods of time. That's ideal, but it doesn't have to be little five minutes at a time, 10 minutes at a time, go, you know, take breaks, get some walks. Um, but the other way is food. So food is the other way, but food is getting that input from nature. Right. And so then the only food that gives you an electron charge is whole food that has been grown in nature. So like packaged health food, not going to give you an electron charge. So when you realize the enormity of that, which is such a foundation, and you think about how so many people live their lives, myself included, living on a lot of packaged, even healthy, you know, packaged food, not really necessarily eating seasonal, local, like really focusing on whole foods, not getting a sun, or if I'm outside, putting sunscreen on covering up because they terrified us about the sun. (laughs) And we were like, ah, the sun's trying to kill us, (laughs) which is not true. Not true. Um, you know, and not really getting any of that connection on a daily basis. I'm like, how was I ever going to stay healthy? Like, of course, chronic fatigue is going to kick in at some point. Of course, our batteries, what, how is our body going to recharge? It can't. How do you, what do you recommend for people? So like I live in Northern Wisconsin, I am two hours South of Canada. And, um, so I was reading something talking about how, like exposing your eyes to screens first thing in the morning is terrible for your hormones. And that ideally sunlight would be like the first thing your retina sees. And it has to be like unfiltered, right? Like you got to crack a window or go outside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the sun does not rise until like seven 30. Some days I have to get up at six, get my kids ready for school. And there will be no grounding because it's freaking cold out. There's snow. So like, what are some of your like middle of January or your winter solstice, the longest day of the year, Northern Wisconsin tips for someone like me? 
Yeah. And I lived in Syracuse for a long time. So I do, I do relate to this. Yeah. So it does require in those situations, you've got to do a little bit of biohacking is what I would okay. say. So blue light blockers are your new best friends. You got need to invest in a pair of like really good ones that actually work. Don't try oh. to get cheap ones off of Amazon because a okay. lot of them don't actually work. <laughs> well, last week I ordered a couple from Timu, which is like even worse than Amazon. Do you know oh, Timu? Oh, cool. Is? No, I don't. Sounds like you're you're not convinced that those are the best. Well, I, well now <laughs> you're saying it. I thought like, because they're yellow and they're, they're different between the yellow blue light and the red blue light blockers. Yeah. I so figured. yeah, the yellow- not like aesthetically preference. Yeah. So the yellow is going to block like- primarily blue light. So I'll wear these anytime I'm on technology, anytime I'm looking at the screen for a few reasons. One, because as you're saying, it affects your hormones. So blue light jacks our cortisol. And so this is also leading to adrenal fatigue because the cortisol is pumping, 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 because that's what blue light does. Blue light starts around like right now, this time of year, like late, like early morning is when that starts. So there's different wavelength spectrums, which is what you were referring to. You have visual photoreceptors in your eyes that have nothing to do with actual vision and they're just absorbing color and communicating that to your body, which is why it has to be like no filter, no, you know, but what you do is that, um, you would just wear glasses. So the red I would wear in the morning, if I have to be up early and I've got to have lights on and I've got to do those mm -hmm. things, I put, I, these ones are a company called Viva Ray and they have these cool, they're really top notch and like highly rated. I know they do what they're supposed to do. These ones have different color lenses I can snap on. Oh, I can just snap red right over the top of this. Okay. So in the morning, if I'm doing that, if I haven't like, if I can't just roll out of bed and go view the sunrise, then like I put my glasses on while I'm functioning until sunrise happens. Okay. And then I don't let my naked eyes see artificial light without any filter until then the sun has come up. I've seen the first you know, part of morning, my eyes have the cue of how to set the circadian rhythm, the hormones, it will set your digestive clock. It sets everything for the day from that cue from the sun. It's Why? that important. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So red in the morning. Why red yeah. in the morning? Um, well, you want to block more than just the blue or the, yeah, you want to block more than the blue. So it's just going to be the most filter pre-dawn is red light. That's where infrared light is. So before the sun rises, that's the kind of light that's happening. So that's okay. the most natural for your body. And like how much, okay, when the sun is starting, like, does it have to be the sun? We're really getting into the nitty gritty here. No, no, I'm let's like do it. Let's this. do it. I love it. So like, does the sun have to be like up or like, you know, there's like pre-sunrise? Yeah. yeah. Like, does that light count? It does for different reasons, it's amazing to get that light. So ideally you would get some of that light. You would see okay. that pre-dawn light. That would be amazing. Sunrise isn't too far after that. You do want to see, because the color spectrum keeps changing as all these change. The best thing that you could do, there's an app called Circadian and it, it, it shows you based on where you live, what time of year it is, it shows you exactly when the different parts of the sun wavelengths are happening. So it will show you pre-dawn, sunrise. You can even set alarms to tell you like what to do. It'll tell you when UVA is rising, which is another part of like the cycle. And then when UVB starts and that's where you build vitamin D. 
that's when blue light is helpful because oh. that's the time of day where it's like, oh, you, you know gotta so get much and I know so little. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, pre, can you break down like the different parts of the pre-dawn to post and like what parts are, is the sun giving and what parts, what is it giving for me? So, okay, so pre-dawn so was Pre-dawn is like red light, infrared light, very healing for the cells, very anti-inflammatory. Okay. Sets sort of the conditions for the day for the body to like, no, like, okay, I know what the order of events are now because this is the light information I've received. And so then you move into the next part, which is that you look at important. S- Hold up. I don't yeah, want to yeah, skip. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it what does it tell to your body? It the tells order your of body, the day. It knows yeah, I have yeah. a meeting at two. <laughs> well, it knows it does, it knows that, like, okay, this is the early morning. So if you just think about like, imagine that we lived in nature, right? Like just, this might be helpful. Imagine like we had to survive in rhythm with nature. We didn't live indoors. We weren't protected from the environment. It would understand the time of day it is and know functionally where your body needs to be to get through the day. So it's preparing. So like those early rays also create protection tells your cells, okay, this is the early part of the morning. We're going to do some additional healing kind of it's finishing up. You know, it does a lot of cleaning at night toxins come out. It's finishing up that cycle. Okay. Day is starting. So then the next thing that I know, you know, the body's like, okay, the next thing that should happen is that like the blue light is slowly going to start rising. And so then cortisol can slowly start rising, which is your get things done part of the day. And it knows that's coming, the blue but it's also- coming from the sun. Yeah. I thought blue light was bad. No, it's not all bad. This is what's confusing is it's like, yes. not all blue light is blue light is serves a purpose. It's the part of the day where it's like, yes. Okay. You're a hunter gatherer. Now you've got to have energy. You've got to get out there and hunt and get your food and get through this day and you need energy and we've got to pump cortisol. But then as the light starts to change during the day, the cortisol should start coming down. Those colors are changing. You move into a part of the evening where it goes back to more reds and then your body knows, okay, cortisol shuts off. Melatonin kicks in because now we're getting ready for sleep and rest and repair. But the other part that kind of getting that early morning light does is it also creates natural protection because it knows the strong UVB rays, the ones that we're told to be scared of, it knows that those, those are coming. So there's, there's hormones, you know, I mean, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole and like bore everybody with science, but it like, it does release certain hormones and protective mechanisms that actually create natural sunblock for you because it knows that part of the day is coming. So what's important about that actually is that, for example, wearing sunglasses when you're outside makes you more prone to burn because your eyes aren't getting the cue that it's UVB time because those rays are getting blocked from your eyes. So it's like, well, I don't know. It's the middle of the day and the protection mechanisms go down and then you're more likely to burn. This is fascinating. It's so fascinating. And it sounds really complicated. It does take a little bit to get the hang of it, but I'm telling you like these apps are brilliant. Like circadian app, it will show you literally the entire cycle It will even tell you an ideal time to like eat exercise, like just for circadian health and rhythm. But so what about, what about skipping breakfast? Not a good idea. 
Okay. So I'm a, I am a fan of fasting. I think intermittent fasting is really helpful for different reasons, therapeutically for healing. Love it. You're better off skipping at the end of the day. So part of the hormone cycle getting set for the day is cueing your body with food immediately. So ideally, and this one's hard, this one's hard for me, but you're eating within 30 to 60 minutes of waking. It doesn't have to be huge, but you do want a little protein at least and some fat. So you can do little, you know, I kind of go, I, I make like little egg casseroles and then I just have like a little bit, you know, maybe I'll eat a little more later, but just to get that protein initially and not skip. Um, cause that is a stressor. You're, you've gone through an entire night of fasting. So your body, like it, it needs, it's ready. That's a long time to go. And so just a little bit of food tells it like, oh, I know how to set the digestive clock. It's early morning. I've seen the sun you've eaten. I know what to do now. Go do your day and be productive. And it'll set the tone for the day. It'll set the rhythm. It'll set your digestion. It'll set the whole body clock. There's kind of like a larger body clock we all talk about, but each organ system has its own body clock as well. So these things become, you can see like it becomes really important to give the body the right cues. And, um, and then if you're going to, if you'd like to skip a meal, you know, kind of wrapping up earlier in the day, if you're ideally, if your last meal is by like four o'clock, if you're going to fast, you know, something like that, three, four o'clock, and then skip your dinner occasionally. It actually, when you make that shift, I used to do it the opposite. And when I made that shift, I was like, oh my gosh, feels so much better. And then I just didn't have energy crashes during the day. I didn't overeat when it came to that, breaking that fast. You know, it's like, it's a more natural rhythm for your body. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then you had talked about like the gut being a part of, so obviously as a chiropractor, I know like it's all, it's all one system, but like, how does the gut health correlate with what we're talking about? Mm, great question. Primarily because the gut is a huge part of where hormones get produced. So hormones are being produced in the adrenal glands, but there's also a lot of hormone production in the gut. Like the stomach or like the small intestines? In like the intestines, like in the- You make hormones the, there? Uh-huh. Melatonin in particular. What the most the most amount of melatonin gets made in the gut. So yeah, if your gut's dysfunctional, um, your hormones aren't going to be going well. That's not going to go well. And then you're putting more stress on the adrenals, and they just can't keep up. The gut's part of that. You know, the gut is our first defense. It's our immune system. And so what happens is that you've heard about leaky gut, right? Like everybody yeah. at this point knows about leaky yeah. gut. It's pretty. I would say this is an epidemic. I think most people have leaky gut. We are just bombarded with stressors that degrade the lining. So where leaky gut happens is in the, the mucosal barrier. So that inner, inner epithelial lining of the entire digestive tract, so much happens in there. And that gets really overburdened by plain stress. But these things we're talking about, EMFs, you know, like blue light. That's all bombarding us. Pesticides, chemicals, fragrances we're breathing, toxins in food, toxins. You know, we're just like, these things are kind of like over-the-counter prescriptions, regular prescriptions. Like when you start thinking about all the things that are creating gut stress, you're like, okay. <laughs> so the lining over time ends up getting eroded. 
And then what happens is your body's protective barrier, the immune system isn't functioning right. So you have what you have in that cell, in that like inner epithelial lining, there's these tight junctions and they're supposed to open and close. So when everything's working properly, like, so things come in the gut, your body's immune system's like identifying it. And it's like, ah, okay, this is bad. Open up, open up the junctions, let it go, let it go into the immune system. Everything else. Okay. We know what this is. This can move out. Let's use it, absorb it, move it out. Over time, when there's so many stressors and everything's like, ah, red fire alarm, red fire alarm, like it's like mm-hmm. your gut is like running around panicking, like open the cells, open the cells, right. like everything is a danger. That also creates just, it wears out the system. And then those junctions are loose and open all the time. So then you've got just everything falling through. And this is where, you know, we're seeing a rise of food allergies and it's like weird stuff. Why is everybody allergic to carrots now? That's so strange. Like, that should be a food I can, no, I'm just just like, I'm using it as a silly example, but it's like, but there's weird things that people are allergic to that just, why, why all of a sudden? Well, because your body thinks everything is the enemy. It's falling through that cell wall. So, you know, as you said, so bringing this full circle, as you said, the body is all connected there. You can't separate these systems. It's not like an isolated thing where it's happening all in one system. When things start to get off balance, Other systems come in and compensate. This one's not really functioning. So now this one's a little depleted. And then it just becomes chaos, like two-way chaos. Like it's called, the school that I studied with, they just call it metabolic chaos. Like their philosophy is literally the only diagnosis for anything is metabolic chaos. Because if one system is being the loudest, it's not just that system. Maybe that's just the where your weak links are, where you're going to feel it. Yours may show up different than mine. But all the systems are like panicking. So when you have someone like, and for the sake, we don't have their lab work, because I'm sure that's what you're going to say next. Um, like, well, it depends. But yeah, like, do you start with like healing the gut or do you start with balancing the hormones through like the light? And because I mean, where, where do you start? Yeah, it, it depends. It depends. I'm looking for opportunities. We have to address all of it. If you only address one thing, you're going to end up back in square one, you know, and and that's unfortunately a lot of what I see in my field is people who get like hyper-focused dogmatically on this one thing, like heal the gut and everything will heal. And it's like, well, well, why did the gut get off in the first place? And have you addressed that? And have you really looked at it? And like, you're probably going to end up back in square one if you haven't addressed other things. However, I will say um, when I'm working with clients, what I look for is the opportunities for the biggest impact quickly. So if gut distress is the main complaint, I'm going to put a lot of energy into helping somebody fix that gut because as soon as they start to feel better, they're they're motivated, they have energy again, they're feeling better and then I'm like, okay, now let's keep working. What are you know, some my, of the most common things that you end up recommending for healing the gut? Um, I take everybody through an elimination diet. No. Yes, I know. I know. (laughs) I will say, I will say this, honestly, uh, I don't, you wouldn't find one of my clients who didn't love the process. Not one. They're terrified of it. And they're like, well, they hear all these bad things. The way that I've designed it is so gentle, so slow and sustainable, tiny little steps. And they're feeling so good. So fast. What ends up happening is by the end of that, they're like, I'm good. 
I just want to keep doing this forever. I don't want to reintroduce anything. We don't take away everything, everything. I can if some people, like it's not like a full autoimmune paleo, like an autoimmune paleo, that's intense. No spices, no seasonings. Like that one's a bit, it's maybe necessary for some people, not most people. The point of it though, is to get people really in tune with their body. That's all it is, is it's like, do you, are you able to connect the dots at some point that like you ate this on Monday and now on Wednesday, all of a sudden you have brain fog and you're fatigued because sometimes it takes that many days. And so it's not immediate how some food impacts us. It's like days later. And so it, it gives you a really good opportunity to like see the connection because some people just really don't want to believe that there's that strong of a connection between what you're eating and how you feel. Cause there's just these norms, right? It's like, I'll tell you one that's a hard one for people. They're like gluten. And you know what every single client says to me? No, no, I've been tested for celiacs. I don't have it. And I'm like, mm-hmm, you're still going to cut it out. And we're going to see how you feel. I'm like, if you want to feel better, this is the deal you got to see. And inevitably it's like, oh my God, my 15 years of joint pain went away. Like I sleep at night now. My gut's not bloated. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's always as we start to make nutritional changes, but it's more focused on like, it's not about removing things. It's more like shifting the mindset to what is going to feel best to nourish your body. That's what this is all about. You want to feel good. Nobody wants to feel like crap. Like if you can get real honest about the food you're eating is making you feel like crap and you have that experience, then you're going to be less likely to keep going down that road. Right. So we always start there. And then we do run functional labs. I do a full gut panel. And um, depending on what we find there, then um, I do use some supplements for gut healing because the gut needs some support for sure. So you have to remove the stressors and then you've got to give it what it needs and it'll heal. Leaky gut is totally fixable. It's not, there's nothing like people are like, oh no, leaky gut. And I'm like, it's fine fixable. So then when we, okay. So I feel like when we talk about like balancing hormones, you mentioned melatonin, you mentioned cortisol, Mm -hmm. you mentioned DHEA. Yeah. So do we want is, are those like the hormones when I feel like people are just like, ah, my hormones are out of whack. Yeah. (laughs) Which hormones? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing with hormones is that, so I'll put it this way. If you went to like a more conventional route and they ran like a blood serum test and they looked at your hormones and then maybe they said like, whoa, your testosterone's like really low. So like, yeah, that hormone's out of whack. Let's boost your testosterone. Well, what's missing from that is that one, a blood serum is actually not the best way to test hormones because what you want to know is not what's circulating in your blood. It's better to do saliva. That's more the gold standard because you want to know what's available in your body. Like what is available that your body's actually able to use? And that's going to show up in your saliva. But yeah, hormones don't work independently. There's master hormones and then it becomes a downstream thing. So it's like if testosterone is a problem, then I'm looking upstream to the master hormone pregnenolone and like what's happening with the pregnenolone and in relation to, a lot of the hormones are in relation to each other. So it's not really black and white in isolation. And you would never want to look at a hormone level and say like, oh, I'm going to fix that because it's about like, how are they balancing each other and what patterns can we see happening and why might that be happening? You just have to keep asking why and going upstream and upstream and upstream. So 
In terms of balancing hormones, again, it depends. I'm not a fan. In fact, I just had a client meeting this morning and what I showed her, so there was all the independent levels, right? Pregnenolone, DHEA, melatonin, all these ones you, you just like brought up. Great. These numbers. She was like, what are all these numbers? I'm like, it doesn't matter. I don't care. What I'm looking at is your pattern. And what it should be is this really nice chart. Like you see this chart, this flow of like cortisol's highest in the morning. You should see a pretty steep decline as the day goes on into afternoon. And then that should balance out. And then it starts dropping a little lower, a little lower, a little lower, but like in this really nice wave. That's the ideal. So more what I'm interested in is how are those, how are your hormones in relation to that pattern? Like, is your cortisol low in the morning and then it's spiking, then it's going down, then it's going up. In her case, her pattern was perfect. Like the actual, if you drew the line, it was perfection, but it was below the threshold of where it should be. So relative to where she's at right now, her pattern of cortisol is appropriate. Cortisol to DHEA is appropriate, but it's not at the threshold that it needs to be. And right before that, she had said to me, like, I said, how are you feeling? How are things? And she was like, I just, my exhaustion is so extreme. I just cannot, it's, I'm just wiped. And I was like, well, wait till I show you. You're not crazy. Her body's not like, making enough cortisol. Yes. So the pattern's good. We need to raise the whole baseline. So how do you increase cortisol? Is that when so, you, it's like high intensity things, start a side no, hustle, no, no, drink coffee no. on an empty yes, stomach. Yes, yes, yes. Start doing CrossFit at 4.30 a.m. Totally stress yourself out. Get as much jammed in your schedule as you can. And like, let's just crush your I could help her raise her <laughs> cortisol. I'm pretty sure. Um. Yeah, my approach with her is that uh, also at the same time, we've run a hair tissue mineral analysis and her minerals are whacked. Like they are so out of balance. They are so, uh, some are depleted, some are too high in relation to another. Her minerals are like all over the place. That's what the mitochondria are using to fuel everything is minerals. So I they so use my, electrons. They do. They do. It's part of the electron transport chain. I was chain. getting the electrons um, from no, the shower. No, you got it. You got it. There's two things. There's two things. <laughs> So you've got to have minerals. That's like the fuel, the like electron trace minerals. Is that, is that um yeah, yeah, yeah. Trace minerals, the big ones you think of potassium, sodium, mm, calcium, like all the okay, minerals. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The electrolytes, the trace minerals. Um, these tests look at molybdenum. It looks at some of the smaller ones because again, they're having relationship to each other. You can't look at them independently. And so in her case, her minerals are so out of whack that I was like, where we're gonna start. I could make you feel better. And I said that to her, you have an option. I can give you a temporary supplement protocol that will boost. It will artificially boost your cortisol and you're going to feel better. I'm not going to do that for long. It's temporary. It's a band-aid fix. If you really need it, we can do it. But I think you're better off staying really in tune because what's going to happen is if your cortisol starts feeling better and you've got energy, you're going to go back into some of the patterns that pulled you here in the first place not taking care of yourself, you know, not calming down, not having parasympathetic. And she's like a very uh, successful realtor. She's running around all the time. Like she's planning a wedding. Like she's got a lot going on. She'll fall back into that pattern easily if she feels better. I gave her the choice. It's up to her. And she was like, no, I don't want to do that. Let's bring it up naturally. And I said, okay, where we're going to start is your minerals. Because 
if we can get your minerals to start balancing and coming back and, and she's doing all the circadian stuff. She has the good foundation. She's done the nutrition that's on point. She's sleeping like she's never slept in 20 years. Her sleep's on point. The circadian stuff fixed that. She's got all this. She's got it down. These fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So confident she has the fundamentals in place. Now, if we focus on the minerals, my guess is within two to three weeks, she's going to start feeling better. That's usually. So, are you not a fan of supplementing minerals? Uh, oh no, you have to supplement. Minerals. Oh, okay, absolutely. Um, I do really custom blends with people though, because you don't want to just sort of blindly supplement minerals because of what I just said. Like everybody's different. So if you just sort of like, oh, I've heard minerals are good. I'm just going to like start taking more. I'm going to load up a magnesium and potassium and I'm just going to like load my body. And if your sodium's already through the roof and your potassium is whatever, like you could be throwing things more out of whack mm -hmm. unknowingly because they are in relation to each other. They don't work independently. So if you've got an abundance of one you may steal from another. If you don't have enough of this one, this might steal from that. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts to get pretty complex. So the hair tissue mineral analysis is my favorite test to run. Like if I could only run one on clients, it would be that because you can change somebody's life by changing their minerals. Interesting. Yeah. So where does the midday, like, so the person who needs that midday coffee? Yeah. Like what, what are some of the best ways to address that? Start with the morning, the sunlight. Sunlight. I mean, really. Well, because I, that's what like, I was I'm thinking when you yeah, said yeah. that of like, yeah. it's going to tell me what I need. Yeah. And it's like, I was hearing like, okay, this is going to say like, all right, you should have nine hours of energy yeah. now. Yeah. If you bookend your day and you, and you get the morning light right and you're not on your phone first, I'll tell you a little biohack about that too. Okay. Because I know some people, they're like, but I, can't, I have to drop it off kids and whatever. There's a way, and I do this in the evening, you can turn your screen red. You do this, you program this little shortcut on your iPhone. You do three clicks. It turns your screen red. It's not super interesting. Your phone gets real boring, but you can function. And now you don't have blue light. And so at least there's no chance. So I turn that on at night after sunset. And then I leave it off until morning until, yeah, I'm like an hour or two into my day. And I know like, it's fine to have so that You can check on. your emails. If that's what you yeah, yeah. do. You okay. can, if you've got to turn off an alarm, if you've got to message somebody, yeah. you can do it with the phone red. You're going to be less tempted to scroll through Instagram because it's yeah. like boring. You can't see any colors. You're like, Muh, <laughs> which yeah. is a good thing. So if you get your morning right, and then you protect your light in the evening, your energy during the day is going to shift. That's the best, that's the best place to start. You're not going to have that crash during the day. The other thing is having that morning protein and fat. If you start the day with protein and fat and you leave more of the carby stuff till later, even if it's good, like fruits and whatever, like don't do that first thing in the morning. You know, I mean, you know, it's not like sometimes I'll throw a handful of wild blueberries into it. Like a She's a wild woman, smoothie. people. I am. I am. I get crazy. Sometimes there's wild blueberries. Look out. <laughs> yeah. Um, protein, fat, and the prioritizing. And this is another thing I see for women. We so undereat protein, massively undereat protein. That's your fuel source. Protein, good fats. That's going to keep you energized. You're not going to have that crash. But if you start your day, let's say, Oh, there's two bad things. One is just starting it with like empty stomach, black cup of coffee, good to go. You've just set yourself up for the crash. It's going to happen. I promise it's going to happen. 
The other thing is like, or if you're the person who's like muffins and oatmeal and whatever, all the sweets in the morning, totally by the end of the day, midday, you're going to be like, oh my God, I need coffee. I cannot. You've set up just blood sugar spikes. So protein, fat, getting your lighting environment right. Those are fundamental and your whole life will change by just those things. This has to be affected men too. Totally. Like there Of course it is. Yeah. So like I feel like women are allowed to say like I'm tired. This doesn't feel right, but like men have got to be like we've seen like testosterone levels are supposedly tanking. So that's got to be related to all this too, right? It's the exact same. There's no difference. You know, maybe some of the you know, like we talked about, like there may be a little bit of a difference of what the stressors are. There's of course commonalities, but everybody's experiencing whatever their stressors are and it's impacting the body the same way for sure. Absolutely. And I work with men too. And like the approach is the same. The approach is always the same. You start at this fundamental level, you start working on all the systems because the thing is, this is what's different about the approach. You trust that the body knows how to heal. When you give it the conditions, you remove the main stressors, you give it some good inputs. It's like always trying to go back to balance. So you don't even have to get that complicated with the hormone. That's what I mean. Like supplementing and the hormones, because the body will be like, Oh, I got this. I I know what to do. I got this. And it's going to balance itself in most cases. So you said, um, that you have an infrared sauna. Yeah. Okay. So we're like in process of buying one. So what brand do you have? Ooh, I have Sunlighten. Okay. I'm between Sunlighten and Clearlight because like I asked the chiropractic people on Instagram and those were the two that came through. Yeah. So yeah. like, but I heard Clearlight has like less EMFs and I was like, I don't even know mm. what EMFs is and why I should care about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not really a good selling point for me. We didn't talk um, about EMFs. Can we talk about EMFs? Because I apparently yeah. don't know what the fuck they are. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. EMFs in general are not a bad thing. It's electromagnetic frequency and it's natural. Like there are EMFs that are natural. Our body understands them. They're in nature. The earth is putting out electromagnetic frequency. The sun is, the you know, like we are exposed to EMFs. What people are talking about when they say EMFs that are bad are called non-native EMFs. So these are man-made electromagnetic frequencies. And so if you think about like, think about um, a radio show, right? Like we know that those are running on certain frequencies. We see these frequencies are all around us. We don't see them. We don't know they're there, but then you take your radio, you tune it to that frequency. And all of a sudden the music starts playing because it's like in the air, right? So all of our devices now are creating electromagnetic frequency and we are bombarded with these artificial man-made frequencies that aren't ones that our bodies understand. They are in ranges that are very high, very intense, that aren't at the natural levels of what our biology understands as helpful to our body. So The problem with EMFs is that, or non-native EMFs, is that, you know, everybody kind of talks about like isolated things like, oh, come on, this iPhone, like how bad can it be? Although I don't know if you saw on the news, like France just banned one of the iPhones for like high levels of radiation. 
But when they test these things, what they do is they look like the way that they tell you it's safe is they do these experiments that basically like put it close to like they, I, they like make a fake human head with like water and they're putting it close to the head and they're looking at how like much it heats the water or radiates it. And if it's like considered a safe level, they're like, no, it's fine. It's not really radiating you that much. And it's like, okay, sure, maybe, but also the non-native EMFs are doing a lot more, which is confusing our body because there's so many of them and our body doesn't understand what they are, or what to do with them. So it's sort of just think about it as like scrambling things. And there's, there's so a plethora of people who do this science, but they can show you like red blood cells, for example, and they'll show you somebody's red blood cells flowing freely, doing what they're supposed to bouncing around, bouncing off each other, free flow. They have somebody put a cell phone to their head for five minutes, do a call And then they look at their red blood cells and immediately they're clumped together. They're sticky. They aren't flowing. You, yeah, it's like, it's not, there's no, you can't argue it. More of the problem though, is that if it was just your one's phone, fine, your Mm -hmm. body can handle it. It's resilient. Of course it can, but it's literally you multiplied by every person on this planet who has these devices and then every device. So there's smart meters on the house. Our fridges are smart. Our stoves are smart. Our cars are smart. iPads, you multiply that by everybody in the household, then everybody in your city, then everybody in the world. And it's like, we're being nuked like with these. Well, what do you waves. do then? I don't know. We all have to go live in Panama or something. I'm not sure. You have to do the best you can. And so this is where I got to when I really learned this. I buried my head in the sand with non native EMFs for a long time. I'll be honest. I was like, come on. How, what are we going to do? I can't live in a bubble. Like, this is ridiculous. How bad can this be? And then I was like, oh, it's that bad. Okay. 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 But also I'm not going to live in fear and life is life. And I'm going to focus on two things. One, making my body as strong and resilient as I can in all the ways that I can control. Yep. Because I cannot control all of this. No. The fear is going to cause more dysfunction than anything. Cause then you're telling your body there's a problem. Mm -hmm. So that's not a good place to go. Cause people get real crazy. Like People get pretty crazy about this. They take it to extremes. And I'm like, that's not my choice. That's fine. That's just not my choice. So fortifying yourself, making the best decisions you can with everything that's in your control so that your body can handle it. And then doing what is in your control. And there's simple things to do. Like, for example, like not um, your proximity to these devices matters. So like not carrying your cell phone in your pocket if you can have it away from you in a bag or something, or turn it on airplane mode, if you need it with you, but you don't really need to be using it. Little things add up, like the little bits of the day where you can get some kind of break. The simplest thing possible for your entire family is you go to like Lowe's or hardware store and you buy this little remote. It literally has like two buttons on and off, $5. You, it's for anything. So you could use it for like lights, you know, if you just want like a remote to turn anything that needs to turn on and off, this is how I do my hyperbaric chamber by myself. I zip myself in, I've got a little remote, it turns on the compressor and like, I'm good to go by myself, but you plug your wireless, your Wi-Fi router into that. And then at night you keep the remote by your bed, you turn it off. End of story. Then you've given your body, at least in your household and your family, eight, nine hours where it's got some reprieve. You don't need it on at night. Why do you need it on at night? You don't. So like, you do these little things. You just start to live a little more mindfully. Like, do I need to be on this device that much? 
And you just start to look at your patterns and it's like, when you need to, you need to. I work on a computer all the time. I see my clients virtually. I can't escape that. But then, you know, when I don't have to, I don't spend a ton of time. You know, I try to just, and there's, you know, there's certainly products that have popped up. There's all kinds of like, you can put cases around your cell phone. You can put cases around your Wi-Fi. You can put cases around your smart meter on your house. You can do things. There's whole businesses now. This is what they do. They go into people's homes. They measure all the EMFs and radiation and they make, they give you advice for modifications. Like most of them would prefer that we just hardwire our house and we don't have EMF or we don't have Wi-Fi. Uh, I live in a condo. I can't do it. Like no. maybe someday. I don't know, right. but yeah. Okay. So yeah. we, I had asked about infrared and then I got yeah, yeah. sidetracked. sidetracked. <laughs> you were like infrared sauna. Why do I care about EMFs? Yeah. Um, I think with either just FYI, I think right. either brand, either brand, you're good. It's very low sunlight and is very low EMF. So how yeah. does, what is the, like, cause that's red light. Yeah. That? Infrared. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then how have you, you have that and the hyperbaric chamber, like what yeah. are those doing yeah. for your health? Yeah. I also have a cold plunge and a red light, <laughs> different red light machine. Um, the infrared sauna I bought initially because I had discovered years ago that I had a lot of mold in my mm. body mm -hmm. from being exposed to water damaged buildings for a really long time. And that was creating some of the issues I was having with the autoimmune stuff in my gut. Infrared the, can help that? Well, the sweat. The sauna? Okay. Yeah. And so infrared, what's, what's, uh, so impactful about infrared is it goes deep. So there's, I'm sure as you were like looking at these, there's like near infrared, far yeah, infrared, like yeah. they all do different things. They all go to different levels of the body, but it goes deep. So it, it doesn't artificially heat the body from the outside in like a traditional sauna does. It literally goes into the cells. It vibrates the cells and it gets the cells to generate heat and light. Which is like kind of creepy if I think about that a little too creepy. much. Okay, it's creepy, but it's cool. It's what our bodies are supposed to do. You generate brighter light in your body than the sun. Like we don't even know this. Our bodies are like, oh my boy. So you're getting out those cells and you're programming them to get healthier and stronger. And then it creates heat and sweat from the inside out. So you're going deep into tissues where things are stored and you're starting to like push things out from a deep place. Okay. Yeah. So, and there's all kinds of benefits they found. Oh yeah. Cardiovascular benefits, oh, blah, blah, blah. We could talk, we could have a whole episode about infrared mm -hmm. sauna, but I did it to sweat. I'm sure once I get one, I will. Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. You should, you're going to be upset. It will be sponsored by who? Who will it be sponsored by? Sunlight? <laughs> up, we will know. Up in the air. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. And so I got it because I just needed to sweat regularly to help move the toxins out. So that was the initial... Um, that's another thing. Our society doesn't freaking like do any detoxifying. No. And these are these natural detox pathways. People don't understand your lymph, your sweat glands. Like there's all these pathways to get toxins out and you've got to keep those moving. Like, you know, and if you can, you know, if you're sweating, you're exercising, that's fine. Infrared does a little bit of a deeper job. It's going deep into tissues. And so it's really repairing at a cellular level. Um, the hyperbaric oxygen chamber just gives your body a lot of oxygen boost, which again, just helps the cells to repair. That was also a mold thing. Um, 
it's just also nice. Like I'm so relaxed in there. So I zip in, I get a book and I'm just like chilling in my hyperbaric. It's like, it's good for wound healing. It's good for like so many things, but like mine was about like mold detox. Initially, that's why I bought it. Cold plunging is like my new obsession. I have, I <laughs> <laughs> my husband's also. Yeah. I have somebody coming on the podcast to talk about cold plunging at some point because I'm just like, all right, so what's the, what's the brand that you have or do you, do you make your own or no, I bought one. The brand I have is called contrast okay. and, um, I'm sure my phone will start getting ads for it now. <laughs> yes. It has heard it's us good. now and it's going to start popping up. Yeah. It's, it's just a good one. It's solid. It doesn't have as many bells and whistles as the other ones, but it does have the filter. I wanted like water filtration, the UV filter. Um, it's portable if needed. So it's like military grade. Like mm. when you blow it up, you could stand on the edges like a solid tub, but I didn't want like a solid porcelain cold plunge that I like, no, that's the wasn't going to be able to move. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the contrast is the one that I went with and it's great. Um, but yeah, I, so I went, uh, I actually went on a Wim Hof excursion in June to Spain. So, you know, Wim Hof, the Iceman, like, he's yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. I'm in yes. my brain. I'm like, Hmm, that sounds familiar. And then as soon as you said, I was like, Oh, it's because my husband won't shut up about him. <laughs> not shut up. My husband's not a chiropractor. He's a business guy. And yet he's, I swear more. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah. Tell him he has to go on an expedition. It's life-changing life changing. Yeah. So I've always done the breath work. I've done Wim Hof breath. I love it. I've taken cold showers for years, but it was time to like go deep and like, just get in the ice and see what happens. And yeah. And that's just, I mean, there's, I would say the most profound thing for me was actually more of a spiritual personal evolution mm -hmm. of like going deep and quiet in a way that even through meditation, I haven't been able to get that quiet and calm and real with myself. Mm -hmm. And it revealed some stuff, you know, like it just, it was like, Oh, there's some hidden things you've been ignoring. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So between that and the breath work at this expedition, I was like, okay, I'm never going to be the same. Oh. I can't, I'm not the same person. Can't, I can't, I love this. but, but the ice reduces inflammation. It can help yeah. with hormone, like hormonal balance, like people who are weight loss resistance, it will help that and oh here's it you're gonna love this so back to your question about what do you do in wisconsin because part of the thing is like sun creates melanin you know the like pigment on our skin which your body's using melanin to heal so it'll pull the melanin from your skin to repair things but it's like so if you don't live in climates where you can like constantly be replenishing your melanin how are you going to do that cold cold thermogenesis will create melanin in the body so like if you live in a cold climate, do it cold plunge. It will create this healing mechanism and this hormone in your body that is like profoundly healing. Your husband's going to love this. He's going to be like, gosh, oh, this is why I'm obsessed. Yeah. You know, every morning he's like, you're going to cold plunge. And I'm like, oh, I would. I just <laughs> can't. Next so, time, yeah. let's take a rain check. I'll be in the sauna. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much. Okay. Final question. Where can people, where can people get more of you work with you? Like, or do you taking clients? Do you have courses? What, what's, what's happening here? Yeah. So I work with people one-on-one -on -one primarily. Um, my website is my first and last name, tiffanycagwin.com. That's the best way to like connect with me 
in every way. So from there, you could book a consultation with me. You have access to my calendar right there. So people can just book that discovery call. I meet with people and we just talk about what's going on. What are your goals? What are the outcomes you want? And I'm really honest about whether I think I'm the right fit because I want people to have success. And so we just kind of have a conversation and we see how we both feel about it um, before we move forward. And that's, you know, complimentary call. I don't charge people for those. Um, And then on there, yeah, I've got some good freebies, some good guides. Um, And currently on there is a yoga retreat that I'm leading to Costa Rica in April. So there's a link to that. There's a few spots left. I'm going to take people talk about like a place where you learn fully how to connect to the circadian health. It's like I'm taking people to this magical place in Costa Rica called the Osa Peninsula, which is a blue zone. And this place just grows all their own food. And like you watch the sunrise and you're just in sync with nature And you come back feeling, even if you're not a yogi, like I've had so many non-yogis go on these and it's still, it's one of those like trips where you actually feel better after vacation Mm. versus like, no, I need a vacation from my vacation. Absolutely. That makes (laughs) sense. Yeah. And then of course, you know, you can connect with all my socials from my website and yeah. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, This was definitely more educational than TikTok wormholes that I've gone down and like, and more (laughs) clarifying. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I have a, I I'm going to like gift you a guide that is going to explain more of this, um, all your questions about the the different wavelengths and the circadian stuff. Like I'm going to send this to you afterwards and you can put it on your fridge and it's, it's going to make all the sense. It's going to eliminate all your confusion. It's not that complicated. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. She Slayers, go um, com. Yes. C-A-G-W-I-N.com. And check those out. Get the freebies. Go to Costa Rica. um, Get some, what was the brand of glasses? Viva Rays. Viva or Vivo? Yeah. Viva. V-I-V-A. R-A-Y-S. Well, I'll just throw away the one I bought from (laughs) Timu. They were two dollars and ninety seven cents. Totally, was... those are not going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to tell you, there's no question; those don't work. I was pretty confident as soon those as you work. said it mattered. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> the ones I bought don't." Like, I just thought, like, they're yellow. They no, they'll work, right? Okay, yeah. sounds okay. good. <laughs> Use those for Halloween or something. Those will be a good. Just put them in the, like the costume drawer. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Thank yeah. you so much. <laughs> All right, cheese slayers. Until next week. Bye. Hey, cheese slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? Sked has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. 
If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.